Support for WRFA is brought to you by Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union. As a local community resource, Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union is committed to providing its members with the professional financial services they have come to expect. Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union provides credit union membership to people who live, work, worship, attend school, do business, and any other entities within Chautauqua County. For more information, including how to become a member, call or text 716-665-7000 or visit them on the web at 665-7000.com. Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell is giving his input to state leaders on what he wants to see in the state budget. He talked with us about that as well as telling us more about a mobile crisis unit program the county has started last year. All that and more. We have Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell in the studio today with us again. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, so it's uh, you recently attended a New York Association of Counties conference and there was a lot of discussion on the state budget and uh, one of the things that was discussed was how the state uses sales tax and, and there was some, a proposal that was passed to you by NYSEC. Can you tell us more about that? Uh, well, what they're asking is to allow counties to keep the what they call the diversion to distressed hospitals. So as it was explained to us, um, county executives individually, we had a meeting with Robert Moika, the budget director, and he said, in that, $250 million is raised in sales tax that would go to distressed hospitals. $200 million of that is in New York City, which stays in New York City. $50 million is raised for the rest of New York. And the question we have is, you've been keeping this money for two years, where is it? Because there is not a distressed hospital in upstate New York that has seen that funding. The second question that I proposed along with uh, County Executive Dan McCoy is we need to look at distressed hospitals and why are they distressed? The, the immediate re- response is, well, they're in impoverished areas where there's higher Medicaid, less insurance reimbursements. That's not always the case. We need to look at see why these hospitals are distressed. Is it because of poor management or mismanagement or you know, factors that are beyond their control that maybe would result in you know, a larger hospital system you know, taking them over or being affiliated with them? So there's a lot going on, but the big push now is you know, uh, Mark Molinaro, president of New York State County Executives Association, said, give us our sales tax. And that's really what we're asking because it's they're diverting it. And it's amazing that, that they get their 4% and yet you're, they're taking more from counties and doing what they want with it. So it's a frustration that every county has. Monroe, Erie, Ulster, you name it. Um, you know, all the county executives were in unison with this. So we really need that um, to come back to the counties. Mm-hmm. So this, you're talking about the 4% that the state takes. So you, the counties are saying they want the whole, like the Chautauqua County sales tax right right now is 8%. 8, 8%, yep. 8% so the, the counties are saying they want their full, like the full 8% Correct. to come back. Right. Okay. Because let's say, I, I believe Brooks Hospital is considered a distressed hospital, but they haven't seen any funding from New York State. So where is the money? And we said, well, well you're going to be getting it. Well, when? For, for two years, this money has been withheld, if you will, or diverted so why aren't we seeing anything? And we know the funding has gone to the cities, the New York City hospitals, but nothing to upstate. And when you think about that, I know there's more hospitals in the city, but 50 million throughout the remaining hospitals, that's, that's a hard sell. And then, you know, how do you choose? I mean, there's, there's big hospitals in Rochester, Buffalo, Syracuse. What does that leave for a smaller rural hospital? Uh, so it, it's a big concern we have. Mm-hmm. Just, it- and that was legislation that was established by the state for the diversion? Correct, yeah. So then, then there, well, then I would, you know, 
looking at that saying if there's legislation then the state has to do this so yeah i would ask right. the same question That's, where is it yeah and, and i and i want to find out exactly where it where it falls because it's just the intent may have been wholesome but it's just not not showing that now mm-hmm. in terms of i governor hochul spoke to the to nisac and along with other other officials what are you hearing with the state budget that's still being deliberated we i know we've heard proposals from the senate and the assembly and is there anything in those proposals that you're hearing good news bad news or anything that they're seeming to come to consensus on individual details we're not sure there's still some big gaps you know even between the two houses and ironically both are super majorities of in you know in favor of the democrats so uh a lot of sparring in those areas. Still not a lot of uh, overall consensus, but it's unique uh, how that, that's coming about. But um, I did go to, I tried to, I wasn't allowed in because of capacity, but uh, there was a, a lecture or a, a discussion that took place, um, New York State budget and its impact on counties. It was a full house. Uh, we, I can say that, that as county executives, we are uh, all, um, encouraged and excited about the budget and what it does mean for counties for the first time this administration listens to the county representatives be it you know whether you're a board of supervisors a legislature business managers business administrators county executives the governor has listened to our requests so this budget of all out of all the budgets is very favorable to counties uh, as far as specifics nothing that's really jumping out for us there's a couple of things that um, you know we're looking at some funding you know for um, different projects that we would hope that the governor would you know put in and i I really dislike the term low-hanging fruit because it's like to say well it's rotting it's almost ready to fall it's really not what this is you know these are just projects that must that that i would say more of an easier lift you know it's really uh you know a project that might be you know five million dollars for chautauqua county might have the same value as a hundred million dollar project in you know long island or nassau so you know, it's it's all relative when you look at budgets and what we're asking. So, you know, the hope is, um, you know, that more money are would come to the counties as, as we've hoped. Mm-hmm. The county legislature met last night, and after much discussion, you know, public input and legis- discussion by legislators, uh, they approved a resolution resolution related to wastewater surveillance grant now this is a grant that had already been accepted by the county but this so this was just a procedural to establish a budget for it so can you give some more insight to this program you and i were talking a little bit off before we started recording about this program so what what happens now with the the county and this pilot well it's going to begin surveilling um let me take it back even the word surveillance as i think what has really brought fear to a lot of people and concern it's not surveillance as they're going to check and say, oh, this amount of water came from you know, the Wendell household in Lakewood, New York. There's no way possible. What they're doing is they're looking at the community in general. And they're looking at public, public centers, if you will, where wastewater comes in. We're talking sewage. So it's not like it, there's, we're not going to go out and check your individual septic system within your private property. It's when this comes to a, a public area, we're going to test it just to monitor. And, and the the piece that I want to reiterate it's it's not always COVID. Okay, let's let's yeah, we understand COVID. It's it, there's a still a revel, re, relevance, but let's not think that that's the only thing we can look for. You know, Dr. Nay spoke very eloquently. We're looking for polio. We're looking for hepatitis. We're looking for other things that would lead us to say, hey, something's happening here. Let's let's keep an eye. And it doesn't get in depth. What hasn't been realized or really hasn't been public is. Our universities in New York State have been using this now throughout COVID. 
And reason being is we know all of the septic wastewater would come in from, let's say, one dorm. And, you know, we can test that. Door. Oh, there's COVID in there. There's, a, you know, a, a high level of COVID. Okay, now we're going to go back and find out which individuals or which floors, if possible. I don't know how it's exactly um, specified. Sometimes it could be as much as, you know, this, this wastewater goes in at this time or whatever. So what it is is the word surveillance is fearful for a lot of people. And all it is is measuring. Public health uses surveillance in a very broad term. But what it's going to do is we will be able to go in and you know monitor the, the wastewater, do testing samples to find out if there is COVID, which I'm sure we're going to find it, um, but at what levels. I mean, if we're starting to see high levels and it keeps increasing, then obviously we know that the cases are going up countywide. I wish this would have happened a little bit earlier. Had this happened a year ago, I don't think we would see so much pushback and concern from people. But now, you know, now with the vaccine and the concerns about the vaccine and social media spin on just about everything that goes out, when you say surveillance, it gets twisted into a completely different theory. And one of the statements was, this would allow the county to come in and quarantine you in your home with the power of the sheriff. Well, lest we forget, that's been the rule since day one. You know, even when, when COVID was first starting, there always was that. And it ha we have sent the sheriff deputies out on people that were blatantly violating the quarantine, which were, and again, this is early on when we did not know the, the severity of COVID and how bad it could be for people. Knowing that, you know, again, it's not a militaristic, you know, uh, martial law type of, uh, of control. It's just a way for us to have a better understanding of what's going on in our community from a public health standpoint. If this, if this was surveillance and, and infringing, you know, I wouldn't be supporting of it. But the way it's explained, it's very benign, but it is going to help you know, monitor our public health indicators. It's amazing what you can get out of sewage, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I was talking with uh, Jason Sample on the air uh, with him this morning. We were talking about that. Jamestown Board of Public Utilities has wastewater and they have a treatment plant, I think, out in the town of Poland. And that that covers not just Jamestown, but whoever else is part of that wastewater system. So yeah, you could get an idea of what's happening in the three square miles that city of Jamestown encompasses plus other areas you but you couldn't pinpoint because that's it's a lot of people then that you know so when it comes to privacy you're not going to be able to tell us at least in it for that particular treatment plant if you look at how much goes into the south and center Chautauqua Lake Sewer District there's no way <laughs> right. really good luck but we, just, we know it's there we just don't know exactly where and, it, mm -hmm. and it's really they're not they're not trying to determine exactly where it is but is it here and at what level you know, we're looking at like something like hepatitis or even they mentioned polio. So these things that we thought we've eradicated are sometimes popping their heads. So <clears throat> if you say, hey, we've, we've got, you know, uh, polio is at, at, at two, I don't even know the terms, but two microns per million gallons. Next week, it's 10 microns. Oh, let's start, you know, reaching out to doctors and physicians. You know, are you noticing any cases? And that's a way for us to say, is it here? Is it, you know, are we getting it? Or is it it's something else? So, it's it's a it's a tool for just you know making sure that and it's it's keeping everybody safe is really right. and your point to wishing it had been here a year ago well the health department was dealing with a hepatitis a <laughs> outbreak for Fredonia area and encouraging people to get their hepatitis a vaccine or screenings so i can see where that this program would have been useful to at least know maybe before you know more cases had happened 
uh, about that. In the midst of COVID. That's what people forget. You know, <laughs> right. life still went on. There were oh, still sure. other things. You know, we, right. unfortunately, we still have our opioid crisis. We still have an hepatitis epidemic. We had other things mm-hmm. along with COVID. So, yeah, when you look at what we've overcome as a community, it's there's a lot that happened. Mm-hmm. Moving on to another item that was uh, passed by the legislature. They accepted a $25,000 grant for the mobile crisis unit. This is a unit that's been underway. I've heard about it in theory, but didn't I guess I didn't realize what exactly it does and i even got a press release from the county about that they had a meeting about it can you tell us more about what this this mobile crisis unit is so what we're looking at now is is obviously the other another i don't say a pandemic but the other concern has been our mental health um, crisis if you will or mental health concern we've had in 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 our counties and in in the whole country in general you know with the closure of mental hospitals uh, under the Cuomo administration you know people were back out in in the community and people that may or may not have been hospitalized are are more severe were hospitalized but you know with those closures and we're noticing more and more uh, increase of mental health issues in Chautauqua County doesn't always necessarily have to have a police or law enforcement intervention and that's what we were finding is you watch it on television shows it's all over the place that you know how do we you know use other than law enforcement to help these individuals so what we're finding is you show up with a uniform and a firearm and a taser and somebody who's in crisis, it just escalates potentially the situation. Now, many of these men and women are trained in some level of de-escalation, but this mobile crisis unit is such an amazing group of people because what they do, they go in in pairs and they de-escalate. They use the tactics that they were taught and trained. We have interface with psychiatrists that are able to get people the help they need without going to emergency department and potentially, you know, I don't want to say clogging, but, you know, occupying beds there when it's really something that we can do. And now with telemedicine, there's a lot more opportunity to bring up an iPad, go on the internet, have a televisit with a psychiatrist, and they can deem, you know, is it a medication adjustment, is a prescription of medication, and then that crisis uh, team could help them within a you know 24-hour period of getting them the help they need, getting them set up with programs, getting them set up with a doctor's appointment or a counseling session. So hats off. I mean, our county, our own county crisis center, uh, mobile crisis unit has done an amazing job and really has been kind of exploding in the last month. There's others. Um, COI has been working with us, other you know mobile crisis units throughout the county. So I applaud everybody working together. We had a meeting yesterday of a collaboration. Uh, it's, it's, it's collaborative, we meet monthly. And it's really exciting. And when I went to NISAC, one of the things that I really can't stress enough, people want to be negative at some points about Chautauqua County. And if you want to look at things, you could always see the glasses half, half empty. But on the other hand, we're really half full and I think going to the next level because we are doing things and pioneering things here in Chautauqua County that other larger counties are looking for us as models and you know ideas of where to go. Uh, so again, it really excited as to what the mobile crisis unit has done, how they've evolved in a very short period of time. Uh, we're looking to expand actually to possibly get a vehicle uh, that that team would take out right now and having an area where you know they can be treated medically if necessary, have that telemedicine link with a psychiatrist or account. So there's just so many good things. So really excited about what our crisis uh, mobile crisis units have been doing here in the county. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it, we've heard a lot since uh, 2020 about, you know, 
I call it the people call it the defund police movement, but it's like really what it was is doing things like this, creating mm-hmm. mobile health units or crisis units and uh interesting to know other cases where some sort of unit like this probably would have been very beneficial in some unfortunate cases so uh, is this like when did when did the county start this program uh the the inception i don't know exactly the date but about uh we had a meeting with with uh dunker pd there were some concerns that they were having again when brooks hospital lost their 939 designation that created a mental health it impacted the North County tremendously to where they were bringing um, clients and patients down to w- UPMC, excuse me, um, UPMC Chautauqua, or even the Chautauqua Center at times to seek counseling sessions or to drop them off when they're in crisis. And the problem was it was taking a lot of time and really burdening Dunkirk police and, and others, not just, it wasn't solely Dunkirk. Uh, but we found is this, within the two week time of, of the first initial meeting, and that next two week before we had, until we had our second meeting, the crisis unit, was up and moving at a, at a faster pace than we'd ever imagined. Lynn Graziano, I can't say enough about her from the county and, and many others. I don't want to slight anybody else who provides the service because I know COI does a, a tremendous, you know, during our daytime hours, but we've been, um, you know, picking up that nighttime and those off hours and the teams have really done a great job. So uh, the concept has been around for a, a little while, but realistically in the last two to four months, it's really ramped up and really started the show tremendous benefit to the community. It, it's not a matter of, you know, it's not a dollars and cents. You just look at the people we have taken care of and helped. That's the critical, that's the measure of, of our success. Yeah, and, and uh, make clear for listeners, this is a program being done now the Department of Mental Hygiene. Correct, Carmelo Hernandez, we, we, we brought him in the, this year uh, as a replacement, Pat Brinkman retired, and Carmelo and his team, Trish McLennan and so many others. I don't wanna, you know, uh, uh, Tammy, there's so many. I mean, everybody in my our, our department of mental hygiene has done a f- fabulous job, tremendous job of really elevating the care and the programs they're offering to the county residents. Mm-hmm. Going back to COVID, we're we're maybe not talking about it as, as much because we were seeing caseloads go down, and spread down significantly from beginning of January. Holy cow! And uh, that said, there's still a lot of things happening because there's there's been an aftermath, so to say. Um, watched the IDA uh, Industrial Development Agency meeting that was on Tuesday and they noticed they're still applying, uh, proving loans. Uh, so what is what are some of the things the county's still doing to help the community with the aftermath of COVID? Well, you know, we, we've, we've still, I, I'm not, I'd have to check the number of tests, but we, we've given out several thousand, hundreds, no, nearly over a hundred thousand tests, um, masks, et cetera. Uh, right now, you know, the IDA is looking to give financial support for those businesses who were heavily impacted as far as a marketing strategy, how to get them back on their feet. I know I, I saw in the paper and in media that uh, you know, the Chamber and Small Business Development uh, out of JCC has reached out to the city uh, to help assist in funding as well. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great tool for our small businesses to utilize, you know, try to get them back on their feet, you know, with some of the ARPA funding and, and as we move forward. Uh, Again, from the medical side, you know, we look at, you know, we're, we're coming down, I think there's two hospitalizations, this is my latest dashboard yesterday. Um, we talked about NISAC, last Friday we got a letter saying, you know, there was a positive case that was attending the NISAC conference. Now, last year it would have been, holy crow, we'd be, we'd be just going crazy. This year it's like, okay, deal with it. And we all have, you know, I, I tested myself because we didn't know who it was or what, you know, there was... And it was, the best part about NISAC is there were so many people there. It was probably one of the best attended conferences they've had to date. 
and just excited to see everybody and get back in touch and you know people you met on Facebook or on Zoom was like wow I didn't realize you were that tall or I thought you were taller because you know, everybody's the same height on on Zoom. Uh, so again, just meeting people, seeing people for the first time, and you know, it, it's really, it was exciting to get back. And you know, we had an, we had positive cases, which a year ago, you know, would have been all over the paper, what a mistake and a horrible medical failure. But deal with it. You know, mm -hmm. somebody was positive, and we we know how to deal with. It. We know how to manage. It. And I think that's the one thing that if I look at this as a positive. You know, New York State Association of Counties, that could go back as a super spreader and let's say five people were infected and then go out to their communities, you know, 62 counties, that's five counties, we could have another spread. But in the interim, we know how to monitor ourselves, we know how to watch for the signs and symptoms and we take care of ourselves and we know how to manage it. That's the most amazing, we've learned so much and, and I think that's that's the one thing that I share with people. Well, what, what if it happens again? We've been through this. Okay, last year, two years ago, we had no idea what we were doing. Fly, you know, two years, 2020, uh, you know, we were still in, in lockdown at this, you know, in April of 2020. Uh, we weren't even thinking of, you know, coming out of the phase one opening. So, uh, you know, we look back, we've learned so much. And I encourage people that's, okay, you fell off your bike and we have a little uptick. I fell off your bike, get right back up again. You know, we know how to do this. It's not... Um, you know, unfortunately, the, the downside of that is this, that large loss of life and that you can never bring people back. You know, I, I, you know, I had a, my, my cousin's wife passed, uh, another cousin lost her boyfriend. It hit everybody. I'm not asking for any sympathy. I'm just saying that it, this is affecting everybody, you know, and, and that we can't bring back. So that's the hard part. That's the one lesson we've learned is, you know, what do we do to stop this or prevent this from happening to this magnitude again? Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about two years ago, March twenty fourth, this day we're recording this. Um, yeah, we were we were just have gone into lockdown. We were thinking yeah. we're coming back. I I remember saying, well, well, I'll be back in the office by April 9th and here's other things I got to worry about and and take care of. And will we still do Easter econ or are we going to do this program? And we didn't know. But just the things that have happened, like with the vaccines, and also it, to your point about NYSEX, that you had one case. The amount of people that have access to the at-home tests, everyone has the at-home tests now, or it can get them if they don't have them. And it, that makes such a difference between going to the pharmacy or having to make an appointment or seeing where you can actually get in to get tested. You can just do that at home. So, it's, And it's amazing. You know, we've had, we've had people that have asked the same question. You know, it's like right now, if somebody said, well, you know, I have somebody who's been out a day or two and they don't know what's wrong. I said, test, mm -hmm. give yourself a test. And, and we're like... People look at each other like, yeah, we know how to do that now. You know, like you said, the testing is so readily available. I keep thinking we're in, in I just keep looking ahead to everything we're doing. And for the future, I, I'm forgetting we're still here in, in March. But realistically, our first case came March 23rd, almost a week after we had our first, we had our, our, That's right. our uh, um, state of emergency. And ironically, on March 16th at the NISAC conference, they have the tier one training for elected officials and how what declaring a state of emergency entails, the legality, what, so it's kind of like two years ago, we were doing, it was almost to the date, many, many, many counties declared that state of emergency on the 15th of March. But it was so unique that here two hours, two years later, almost to the day, we're giving the, the demonstration how to do it. Which is, <laughs> when everyone's like, like Wow, that's really You're, unique. Yeah, and it's like, well, this would have been useful two years ago exactly. in a day. Oh yeah, but yeah, no, but and it's like so. It, 
obviously it's still new information to, to some folks because yeah. they you know weren't elected at the time and obviously you were so yeah I, it's a lot of changes in the last two years and uh, uh makes me think about what if you had a lot of people at this nice conference are you what are you seeing locally with groups and organizations i mean are we seeing a return to I don't want to call it normal. Nothing's, I don't think anything's ever going to be really truly normal. But in terms of Chautauqua County with our summer seasons and things, what are you seeing? We're seeing things are coming back. Um, you know, I spoke to Jason as we were coming in. Um, I'm being told there's very, very limited housing in and around the Bemis Point area for around the 4th of July week, which is great. Um, if you look at, you know, and, and we're looking, you know, we just talked about it in my house, my wife and I. Um, you know, the, co- the cost of gas and the gas prices, staycations or regional vacations are, are looking more and more appealing as compared to driving. You know, you're not going to make that big, long drive with the motorhome behind your, you know, large pickup, you know, sucking gas. Whereas now, um, you know, the opportunity is there. Very encouraged. I know the rodeo took place last year. Uh, I'm being told, I don't want to step on toes, but I'm very confident uh, we'll see the comedy festival back this year. I know the Yasu festival, other events. Um, I haven't heard anything that it wouldn't take place, so we're we're optimistic, um, and I'm really excited. Uh, I just met with Michael Hill about Chautauqua Institution and what they're looking for as programming. So, I think if you look at a really an institution uh, like Chautauqua and what it has done for 147 years, I think it is now, um, and it's just massive. And for them to be able to pivot, if you will. Um, is huge and what they're looking to do to bring back the regular programming um, with with those added features that they learned through COVID of you know online uh, programming virtual programming so there's just so many opportunities but really excited um, to get back we're looking at trends um, you know we're looking right now um, some of our returns sales tax for example is is above our budget thus far um, we're looking at the bed tax was one of the largest we've seen in many, many years and hoping that it continues this year. So excited for what we're seeing right now in the hopes that um, the current economic trends aren't going to hamper, you know, family fun and recreation, getting Chautauqua County back to that tourist destination we've always been. Mm-hmm. And looking forward ahead to May, uh, this county will receive its next, tra- next tranche of funding from uh, the federal government for the American Rescue Plan. Uh, it's it's You've talked about that you know, this money could be moved around depending on federal infrastructure money. So what, what is going to happen now when that money comes in in May? Well, the, the, we still have, I believe it is two years to expend that money. So we have projects set up. We have projects ready to go. We'll then go back and evaluate and find out what, how many of those projects could potentially be there for infrastructure money. We don't know. And, and the one thing we do know is what we don't know. And that's we just don't know enough about the infrastructure bill. It's not set up right now as the ARPA funding was. You know, we're hearing everything from hyper-competitive uh, grants to, you know, uh, allocations. In fact, I've been at different events with, with people from the federal government saying, well, just wait until you see what the state does, because all the states are going to get money, so wait and see what the state gives you, and then we'll talk about applying for federal grants. It's like, I don't want to wait. You know, we have projects that we've been waiting for many, many years on. Um, a complete sewer around the lake, you know, water extension. So. I don't want to wait, but I do want to wait if it's prudent that I'm not, if infrastructure money solely for infrastructure can be put out, then we'll use that and then reallocate um, and reappropriate the ARPA funding that we've had so far. Uh, We're looking at things like broadband and they're talking about broadband. Everyone's throwing money at, where is it? (laughs) It's it's like our our, our sales tax diversion. It's being diverted. We just haven't seen anything. And right now, 
with a federal infrastructure plan. We don't know. Everyone's talking about broadband, but how do we get the money? Where are we accessing? You know, we've we've started this process of evaluating. You know, where we where it's needed in the county. Again, we had that uh, ECC partner with the county, and it wasn't Erie County Community College, um, but it was um, ECC Technologies of a statewide survey to find out what's unserved, underserved, or served in Chautauqua County, encouraging residents. Um, we'll wait and see what the, <clears throat> the numbers were. I had a lot of feedback, you know, through Facebook and other messaging that, uh, you know, people were taking it and that's going to be compiled. Uh, I mean, I can tell you right now that they were looking for 5% of our county to take the survey. I said, I'd like to see 15 or 25%. So that's why we pushed it out and encouraged. Not sure exactly what the percentage of response is, but I'm hoping the county residents took the time because that helps us, it helps me and, the, and, and our team out to know exactly where we're most underserved and target those areas first, or target those areas and making sure that we have that broadband. Because those capabilities are gonna expand people relocating here. Again, we know with virtual business, as you said, we're not gonna go back to where we were, but there's so many opportunities now to people work remotely, you know, take advantage of, of our internet and so forth. But with that comes the fear of cybersecurity and everything. So we're, uh, when you when you, uh, cr you know, when you get over one hurdle, another one pops up. But really excited as to what uh, you know. We do have this money appropriated, allocated. We know what we're going to do with the second tranche. The hope is before that money gets expended, we can divert uh, that money to other programs, and then those ARPA, those infrastructure projects that we know are strictly infrastructure, have them funded by you know the federal infrastructure money. Mm -hmm. And then maybe by the next time we talk with the state budget, maybe we'll even know some more at that point. There's about a couple, yeah, we have a couple of asks, you know, into the governor, and there's a couple of things that are going to benefit, you know, the area. Um, and we're really excited. We have we have one opportunity to we're saying, you know, this is what we're asking for. It's about a twenty million dollar ask, but the private um, the private match is thirty million. So where else can you get twenty million from the county or from the state and statewide private funding? will match and exceed that. And as we said to the governor, just if you get us this, we, we can guarantee the rest of that. It's a public-private partnership. So encouraged that, that that still is on the table. Um, we have a couple of strings we'd like to pull with the governor, see what we can do for uh, our county residents. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. Anything else that you'd like to update us on? No, I just, you know, really excited. It, you know, I really wanted to go back to, you know, something I mentioned earlier with NISAC. We, we get really discouraged sometimes. And, you know, there was... Um, some criticisms have come out, for example, with our fly car system, you know, that it's, uh, that it's running in a deficit and, you know, what are we doing? How are we evaluating that? We're evaluating and looking at that every day. But when we were there talking about EMS, and this is a problem statewide, nationwide, it's not just a Chautauqua County problem. And we went to the rescuing EMS in New York was the, the uh, discussion, um, the breakout session. And afterwards, I talked to uh, Ryan Greenberg from the Bureau of EMS, and he said, so you know there's 12 other counties modeling what you've done in New York State. So when you think of what we're doing, you know, we're looking at it, we're constantly evaluating and making it better for ourselves. But when you look and see that 12 other counties are, are looking at what you've done, and I'm, I'm vocal when I go places. You know, we talked about EMS. And I'm like, well, you know, we have a great system. We started here in Chautauqua County, and it's, it's grown um, in its need. But, I, you know, again, from that, you know, we've been told there's a dozen other counties. And we... we copied ours from Livingston County, you know, a smaller county, but we took their model, you know, kind of tweaked it, modified it to, to fit our county, 
And now other counties are doing the same thing with us. So excited about what we've done. Uh, you know, we've had some internal projects and policies we've implemented and, you know, sitting at tables and meetings and, uh, you know, we're sharing our ideas with people from all over New York State. Um, you know, we had a policy we implemented at the county with Orange County, like, yeah, send it to us, we want to use it. You're talking a county four times the size, but looking, saying, hey, I, and, and when I gave them the gist of what we did and some of our, our talking points that, you know, we, we had, you know, this discussion and this is what we thought of in a contract and they're like, whoa, this is... They were so excited. In fact, I, I got an email yesterday um, from one of the chief of staffs, and they're just really excited to dig into it because just what she looked at, she's like, this is great. We can use it. So it's exciting. And, and you know, what we offer here in Chautauqua County is, is so amazing. You know, we have some opportunities. I've been working with Brent Davis, the Erie County, Pennsylvania County Executive, uh, of some opportunities there in a regional collaboration with New York State, Pennsylvania, and Ohio on, you know, Lake Erie issues and how we can use that economic regional approach uh, to get more funding and, and try to expand opportunities. So a lot of things are happening. You know, we're still focused. I'm focused here on Chautauqua County. This is my, my main focus. Really excited about the projects we have and the, some of the prospects we have coming up. So I'm just uh, one of those guys I just would, I, I like to keep it quiet and just be able to say, hey, this is what we did. So excited about, you know, opportunities and where we're going here in the county. Okay. County Executive Wendell, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me.